Hello there. Welcome once again to Footsteps with Impact Prayercasts. These are the podcasts where prayer meets your needs. And today we are going to continue with our series on a new beginning. This is the series part two for a new beginning. Like we said before, we don't know what your beginning is, uh, what new beginning it is for you. It may be different for everyone who listens. But nevertheless, to you, it's a new beginning that you're seeking the Lord to help you with. And we are going to pray today, but we're going to follow through. In the first part, I said that we're going to have 12 guidelines to help us through with this new beginning. And we covered at least six of them last time. So to, today, we're going to cover the rest of the uh, 12 guidelines that the Lord gave me to give those people who are seeking a new uh, a new beginning. Some of them may be uh, different situations, like I said, but uh, it doesn't matter which one. Maybe all 12 apply to you. Uh, praise the Lord. But if not, whichever one it is. But I again encourage you to bring a piece of paper and write down the scriptures. Uh, the format, again, I will read... Uh, the guideline and then after that I'll give you the, uh, the string of scriptures uh, uh, if that's what it is but each one of them will help you and I encourage you again to read your word to pray before the Lord and let whatever um, covers your situation let the Lord and the Holy Spirit guide you in it now to rehash a little bit I'm just going to mention the guidelines that I gave guidelines 1 through 6 before we go to guideline number 7 for this new beginning that we are seeking before the Lord in guide Line number one was an agreement of prayer. Find someone to agree with in prayer. And the scripture I gave you was Matthew 18, 18 through 19. Number two was resisting the devil. You have to learn to resist the, to resist the enemy and know that the devil is your enemy, not people. And you will find that in James 4, uh, verse 7. Guideline number three was that the Holy Spirit is your guide and use him as your guide and helper. You're going to find that in John 16, verse 12 through 13 and number four was be ready if jesus came today are you ready matthew 24 42 and 44 number five was keep the faith do your best and have a winning fin a winning finisher's attitude or spirit the scriptures i gave you were acts 20 verse 24 and second timothy chapter 7 8 guideline number six was about health your health is so important to the Lord and be, uh, let it be known to you that God has your health in mind. So a definite divine healing is possible for you. That was guideline number six. Now guideline number seven today is where we are going to start. And with this, I want to preface it by saying that, you know, when I say positive change of attitude, I'm not a positive thinker, those people who think in positive attitudes, that that will do it. No. Uh, even though as Christians we are required to have a positive attitude about what God can do, the positive attitude is not some uh, esoteric things out there that are going to happen just because you think positively. No, we are thinking that God can do. God is able, similar to the uh, spies who were sent out to spy on the land. They had a positive attitude, not in themselves, not even in the attitude, but a positive attitude toward God and what he can do. So now, total positive change in your living condition. 
We are going to believe that God is going to change your living condition, whatever the problem may be. It could be financial, it could be other areas. So, but this time let us concentrate on the finances in this attitude. Some people out there have just gone through a bankruptcy. Some are having such a hard time just finding a job or keeping a job or even getting paid well for the work that they do. Well, I'm here to tell you that God wants you to prosper in the sense that he wants you to be compensated for fairly. That's what the Bible says, that everyone should be compensated for fairly. And in fact, the Bible says in Jeremiah that woe unto them who get their riches by not paying their laborers a fair wage. So God is after uh, a fair wage. In fact, in the book of Proverbs, he also mentions that he is against unfair weights. So God is a fair God. He expects you to be compensated for fairly now look at it this way when God created you he created the best that there is so you should strive to get the best of everything the best job to be the best worker so that you can be compensated for fairly now doesn't that keep us from God the wages and you know the money yes it can and in fact, it has kept even so-called men of God from uh, from God himself. People who have showered themselves with riches. For example, I, if I'm a pastor or a minister of the gospel, I really don't need to have a huge mansion. God can provide me with a mansion, yes. But I really don't need to because there are too many of God's children out there, God's churches, God's ministers all over the world who God uh, is using tremendously and they are living in such poor and dire conditions have you asked yourself well lord instead of buying this two million dollar mansion is there another church out there in the third world or even in in the first world which needs my help which needs my assistance i'm sure if you go to the father the father of all he's gonna direct you to a church to a uh, person who needs that help instead of you using that millions to show upon yourself god wants us to be comfortable but he also does not want us to be lascivious about the things that we have in in dealings with man god always promised material blessings without uh, first being asked so god wants us to have the material blessings for example god blessed abraham with riches even though abraham didn't request for them god knew better he knew that abraham would need the material things here on earth abraham's servant said uh, for example the lord has greatly blessed my master and made him a rich man. He has given him flocks and sheep and goats and cattle and silver and gold, male and female slaves, camels and donkeys. So, you know, present your case to God, uh, your financial situation before God. He wants the best for you. He may not want to have you start worshipping those material things. Don't seek God for what he can do for you. But, you know, seek him nevertheless because he will do for you. You don't even have to ask. You know, uh, the scripture says that let him have all your worries and cares, for he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Trust in the Lord instead. Be kind and good to others. Then you will live safely here on in the land and prosper, feeding in safety. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray, believe that you have received them, and they shall be granted to you. Yes, ask anything using my name, and I will do it. And these scriptures that we use here are from First Peter 5, verse 7, Luke 6, verse 38, Psalms 
37 verse 3, Luke 12 verse 31, Mark 11 verse 24, and John 14 verse 14. Now guideline number 8, making God your total source of supply. Again, that strings with what we just talked about. Just make sure that God is your total supply, not the things that you have, not even your job, not your riches, not the things of the world, not man. You know, uh, it is important to know that all the things that you have are from God, not you or your employer or even your spouse or family. Avoid that error by giving all back to God. In other words, by implication, if God says, do this with these finances, are you willing to let go? If God says, give away that computer, give away this address, uh, give away this money, are you willing to give it? In other words, the, if the opportunity came to you to take to make your positions available to others, will you or will you give excuses? See, before you claim, you know, the promises of Philippians 4.19, I want you to read the whole chapter and see that really this is about letting go of your possessions first before you can claim that scripture. Many people use it that my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But you know what? Just read the whole chapter and you realize that first you have to give of yourself. You have to let go. Don't make them your God. For example, consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, and they have no storeroom, no barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than them? So, you know, don't be discouraged. Again, read Philippians 4.19 and Luke 12.24 and you see that God is after your well-being in every area. He cares for you much more than he would the ravens, but yet he provides for them and is able to provide for you. Now, guideline number nine. You know, there's results of sowing and reaping. This is a very tricky situation because people have abused it and uh, ministers, especially of the gospel, we have abused it and we've used it to extort money from people. But that's not what these scriptures are all about. Even though there is a true law of giving and receiving, God wants us to give all first we have to give because he himself believed in giving because the bible said he gave us his son his only begotten son he gave him to us to die for us so god gave us he loved us first before we even loved him he sowed love in us so that we may love him back now the same way god expects you to sow in fact god talks about sowing before you reap anything, you must sow, not only just in the physical seed, but in many other ways of life. Many times we like to reap, but when it comes to sowing, we get very theological. And we try to explain financial or material giving as, an, as not literal. Friends, don't be fooled. Tithing and giving is for real. You may say, oh, this is Old Testament. Well, so be it. But guess what? God has not gotten rid of the Old Testament Bible. It's still there for us to look at. Nowhere in the Bible did Jesus do away with tithing. In fact, in Matthew 23, verse 23 and 24, Jesus reaffirms that we ought to tithe even as we do the weightier matters of the law. In fact, Jesus added so that uh, to the tithes by asking us to give all. So don't hinder yourself. It is all for the spreading of the glory of God's kingdom. And tithing is only a minimum starting point. When you give to a true ministry of God, you are giving for the spreading of the gospel all over the world. 
Hey, I also tell you, yes, be careful where you put your tithe, because guess what? If God has turned that ministry down, you can tithe all you want, but God is not going to honor that. And you can go to the scriptures and check it. If the priest who takes your offering to the Lord is got sin in them, he will die at the altar and they will have to pull him with strings to get out. Guess what? Then that means he hasn't presented your offering to the Lord because he died. Well, it may not be a physical death. It may be a spiritual death. So remember that the person who sows few seeds will have a small crop, that the one who sows many will have a large crop. Each one should give then as he has decided, not with regret or out of a sense of duty, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to give you more than you need, so that you will always have what you need for yourselves, and more than enough for every good cause, as the scripture says. He gives generously to the needy, his kindness lasts forever. And God who supplies the seed to sow and bread to eat will supply you with all the need, that, the seed that you need and will make it grow and produce a rich harvest from your generosity. He will always make you rich enough to be generous at all times so that many will thank God for your gifts. For this service you perform not only meets the needs of God's people but also produces an output of grateful thanks to God. That's in the Bible. And that's in Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 12. So you see, God wants us to give, but our reason for giving must not be so that we get back, but so that others will be blessed and so that the gospel will go forth. Because the Bible says that it's he who gives us the strength to get wealth. God wants us to do well, but God wants us to look to Him. Now, when we look to God for our provision, believe me, God who has given us the bread to sow shows us the ground where to sow it. He can never give you apples to sow when you are in a place like a tropical Africa where apples don't grow. He will never give you mangoes to sow in Michigan where mangoes don't grow. No, God gives you mangoes. You are in the tropics. He gives you the soil where the uh, ground will produce mangoes. He gives you apple seed in the temperate regions of the world so that you can sow in the right soil. So that is very important. Pray to the Lord because he will hold you accountable to where you put your resources, your finances, because they have to produce. And if you start planting apples in Africa, in a place where apples don't grow, you are wasting your time. If you try to plant mangoes in a place in America where they don't grow, you are wasting your time and you have yourself to blame for what comes. So now guideline number 10. Be able to hear and recognize God's voice. That's in John 10, 27. That is very simple. I don't have much to say about that except that be assured that Jesus hears your prayers because he knows you personally. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. God knows you. Jesus knows you because the Bible says in John 27, 10, 27, My sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they know me. Then number 11 is this. Salvation of loved ones. That's a guideline. Would you, you would say, how is that to do with me? See, God wants us to spread this gospel. When Jesus got his first disciples in the book of John, in the first 
second and third chapters, the first thing they did, they went and told somebody else that we have found him. God wants us to witness to our family members and friends and those in our inner circle. See, many times when we have something good, such as a piece of cake, we like to share it with those we love. Usually, they readily accept, but be reminded that this is the gospel. Sometimes they may not. It is the same with the gospel though, except that here some may not really readily accept. But remember this, take heart for God is aware of his longing and desire in your heart. God's word says that I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever for the good of them and their children after them. And you shall rejoice in all the good which the Lord your God has given you and you and your household. Such as, you know, when the jailer called for a light and rushed in and fell trembling at the feet of Paul and Silas, then he led them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They answered, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your family. God wants to save you and your family. And you're going to find that in Jeremiah 32:39, Deuteronomy 26:11, and Acts 16:29-31. Now the last guideline that we need for our turnaround in our lives, and I'm going to call this your most needed miracle at this time. What is it? All said and done. You may have a very urgent need right now for which you need help from God and soon. The answer to such a request is called a miracle. A miracle is God's normal work manifesting in a supernatural way for man. All may seem lost or impossible to you right now. You may feel all alone and rejected. God knows you so well that the Bible says he knows the number of all the hairs on your head. Those who still have some hair. Turn to Jesus my friend. Because he is the source of every miracle, every miracle in your life that you need even now. Miracles are for God to make and for man to receive. It was God's idea, not man's. So appeal to him. He holds the highest court. Close your ears to the world and just look to him. The scripture says that if you can, all things are possible to him who believes. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. If you had faith, even as small as a tiny mustard seed, nothing would be impossible, because what no one ever saw or heard, what no one ever thought could happen, is the very thing that God prepared for those who love Him. So you see, my friend, it is possible. And these scriptures that I string together for this final one was Mark 9.23, Ephesians 3 and 2, Matthew 17.20, and 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. I pray with you that God will open the eyes of your understanding to realize that it's only He who can change your life. We have gone through these guidelines. I encourage you to re, uh, to listen to this uh, podcast again and note the scriptures down and pray to the Lord. Pick out whatever is for you in there and pray. If there's someone who you think needs it, pass it on. Let them realize that God is with them. And so let us pray for a change. Dear Father, we have gone through 12 guidelines that you've given us to change our lives, Lord. Father, they are not all going to apply to everyone, but I'm sure someone out there has one of them 
that you prepared for them because that's how much you love us. Father, it doesn't matter who they are. They may be a rich man, a poor man, a young man, an old man. It could be a woman, it could be a girl. It doesn't matter. Father, you are the God of everyone. You want a new beginning for this person, Lord, who is listening. That's why they tuned in. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you may help them in their situation. It may be a school issue that this person is trying to make it in school, Father, in college, in high school. Uh, even elementary school. Father, I pray that you may help them improve their grades, pull up. Father, it may be in a job situation that they need a change, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that you may provide even as they believe. Father, it may be in a situation, Lord, where there has been a tragedy in life and they are starting over and they seem overwhelmed, they seem left alone. Father, I pray for a complete turnaround, Lord. Father, I'm asking you, this man or woman, it may be a minister of God, Father, who needs your help, who needs your hand, one final touch, oh God. Father, it may be even at the very end of life that this person is in a hospital bed and they're thinking that you've left them. But Lord, let them realize that even if they were to lose their lives today, Lord, to be with you is much better than where they are now. Father, I ask you that whatever situation it is, may your manifestation, your miracle happen to them, Lord. Father, whether it's a supernatural healing or even a supernatural revelation in the spirit, Lord, that you are going to be with them today, today. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus, you who is able to do much more than we could ever ask, that you may turn this situation around for this person, whatever it may be, Lord. Let them realize that facing you is much more important than facing any any problem that they may have that Lord there is no mountain too high for you that there is no valley too low for you that the blood of Jesus cannot reach oh God I thank you Father that you are doing a mighty work for them that Lord Heavenly Father even now as I feel the anointing of this prayer going toward them Lord that you are touching and changing Lord and let them realize that Lord their situation is nothing to you Father but Lord Heavenly Father because it's a mountain to them you are showing up Lord to help them to realize that it's you who can move the mountains Lord we may have the faith Lord but it's you who does the moving oh God move the situation father for the glory of your name oh God change the financial situation for the glory of your name oh God change the relationship Lord for the glory of your name father be glorified in this issue oh God that Lord Heavenly Father the right decisions will be made this may be trying to make a decision whether to leave a job whatever decision it may be to take this or to leave or to stay whatever it is to leave or move away from this fellowship to another father I pray in the name of Jesus that your love may shine upon this child of God that if they have to stay in the fellowship where they are Lord you will show them that this is where you want them to be father in the name of Jesus be glorified in everything and in all things father these are simple prayers oh God but to you nothing nothing is too low nothing is too small you are a mighty God who cares for us oh God I thank you for the anointing on this prayer in the name of Jesus amen